Derek Hunter podcast for the 30th day of March 2022. I almost said 2021. It's the second to last day of March. The penultimate day in March. Lousy smart weather. It's actually really freaking cold right now, so I can't wait for smart to end. Anyway, they say that smart comes in like a liberal and goes out like somebody with more than two IQ points. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Welcome to the program, Action Packed, as always. Let me just implore you, ask you nicely, what have you, to uh, go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast and sign up there to support the program. You get extra show content, you get bonus materials, you get uh, pictures and peeks at family life and my kids and all of that stuff. And soon I'm going to be, actually, maybe tomorrow, I'm going to try and post some pictures of my new office slash studio now that I've got stuff up. I think it's I think it's looking semi except there's some weird slanted ceiling parts that I can't really I suppose I could hang something in, but it'd just be weird. I don't know if I'm, I'd have to like drill holes and stuff, I think. Uh, it's probably not worth it. Just fine. I mean, I'm not going to be entertaining in here, so it doesn't really matter. But you get to see stuff like that. Plus, that's where you enter to win the autographed books that's where you go. You go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast, Derek Hunter podcast, all one word, D-E-R-E-K-H-U-N-T-E-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And you uh, find the post right here. It's this week. It's Matt Walsh versus Adam Carolla, both personally autographed in person. Not to me, but I was holding the books. I had the books. Um, and uh, you just enter, you comment on the post there with what you uh, which one you want you say i love adam carolla i want adam carolla and you uh, if your name is drawn by one of my children on sunday afternoon you will win real people win on the Derek hunter show kent kent won i finally got kent's address i am going to the post office probably today planning on today i actually meant to go yesterday when i was out doing stuff and uh, as i was driving past the post office i was like god God, I forgot the freaking mail. At that, it's amazing. To, I could be sitting in my driveway and go, oh, I forgot it. Oh, well, next time. Except I wasn't. I was like a couple miles away. Anyway, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. Low, low priced, $5 per month. It's a little, little, little small price to pay for you to feel good about yourself and all the free entertainment you get. Now let's start the program. So much going on in the world. It really is an embarrassing time to be president, to be a, a United States citizen. It really is. We have what's the an idiot isn't enough. A moron isn't enough. A dolt comes kind of close. We need some kind of old timey word. Remember when the left went absolutely crazy because. Uh, was it Kim Jong-un or ill or whichever Kim Jong it is called uh, Donald Trump a dotard. And that was like some old timey word that meant idiot or something. And it showed how out of date the dictionaries were in North Korea. But it, the left went nuts with it. Oh, dotard. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Well, we need something like that because it actually applies to Joe Biden. But you also have to keep in mind the uh, cognitive decline of the president as well. He was dumb before he was senile. So you have to respect both because it could be either at any given moment. Sometimes, horrifically, it's both. But it's definitely one or the other all the time. Sometimes it's both. Yesterday, the president announced his budget, almost $6 trillion dollars. Yeah, it's $6 trillion. It's a huge, huge, huge budget. Massive budget. Spends on all the left-wing priorities. Joe Biden is running as though he... Uh, as though he won in a landslide. As though the American public won him. As though he is wildly popular. Although, As though he is, you know... Well, what he thinks he is. 
But he's not. It's a problem for Joe. He's not. He's not anywhere close to where he thinks he is. He never has been. He's been a wildly arrogant person who has been making up things about his own life, his whole life. Lied about getting scholarships to law school. Lied about where he finished in law school. Lied about really everything. Everything in his life. Because he's wildly insecure. Then you add in the senility and he's not able to tell whether or not somebody's asking a serious question or if they're mocking him. He doesn't know. So he gets angry quickly. He tries to be more grandiose than he actually is. You would think... Look, there aren't very many positions in life that are more grandiose than president of the United States, right? You're president of the United States. Nobody else is. That's a pretty high honor, you would think. But Joe's insecurity even rots through that. So he has to make himself more important than he is. He has to continue the fantasy world he constructed when he was just stupid that he now seems to visit with frequency when, now that he is stupid and senile. Yesterday, when he was announcing his budget, ridiculous budget, which, by the way, his budget predicts that inflation will drop to 2.3% next year and remain constant following that. There's nothing indicating that whatsoever, but in order to make the numbers work, you got to lie. And if you got to lie for the greater good, it's a noble lie, right? The left always engages in what they consider to be the noble lie. The only thing missing is the noble part. That's beside the point. Knowing he would face questions when announcing his budget, his staff embarrassingly gave him a cheat sheet. A cheat sheet on things he allegedly personally believes. Now, of all the, look, there are a lot, if you're out there giving out numbers, if you're out there talking budget specifics, you absolutely need some, some numbers. You need a sheet of paper saying, all right, we're going to spend X on defense. We're going to spend Y on uh, social security, whatever it is. You need that because who can remember all of those things? And as president of the United States or any government official, you want to be as precise as humanly possible. Problem is, Joe Biden isn't precise at all, ever. So he does, this cheat sheet they gave him was not for numbers, was not for specifics, was not just in, they don't have to actually prep Joe. Like, Joe, if you get a serious uh, question about your budget, here's how you answer it. No, nobody's going to ask him a serious question like, where the hell are we going to get almost $6 trillion? You know, where are we going to come up with that kind of money? And does anybody really believe your tax scheme will work, which we'll get to later? No. They give him things to explain his screw-ups. He had a note card with him. I can read it for you. They took pictures of it because he was flailing it around and reading from it. It says, Tough Putin Q&A Talking Points. That's the headline across the top. Tough Putin Q&A talking points. One, if you weren't advancing regime change, what did you mean? Can you clarify? There's the question, right? You could pretty much guarantee he's going to be asked that question because the other day he said, for God's sakes, this man cannot remain in power. Most people would hear that and think, all right, well, he's made it his mission in life to get Putin out of power. You can expect that. The White House had to walk that back. Now, the explanation to the President of the United States, who theoretically is in charge, remind you, the explanation given to him by staff on his little note card is, quote, I was expressing (laughs) the, the moral outrage I felt towards the action actions of this man. I was not, and the second bullet point is, I was not articulating a change in policy. I'll read that again because this is a staffer. Whoever wrote this controls the president of the United States. Whoever whoever made this note card come into power is controlling the president of the United States. Says I was expressing the moral outrage I felt towards the actions of this man. 
And second point, I was not articulating a change in policy. See, this is the, you don't have to do this if a president speaks clearly, if a president thinks clearly. A president understands that they're president all the time. There is no break when, you know what, from uh, noon to one, when I'm eating my sandwich and watching my stories, I am not president of the United States. So I'm going to go on Twitter or I'm going to give speeches and I'm going to talk off the cuff. And all of that doesn't count. No, when you speak as president of the United States, you speak for the United States. You don't get, this is my personal belief. This is it. He's very clear to not say anything pro-life, which he claimed to used to be. He's very clear not to say anything pro-life because he recognizes it in that instance. But for some reason on the world stage, we're supposed to believe he didn't recognize it on that one. So we go to the audio because this guy is insane. Denies everything. Denies everything. We have seen him, well, his staff have to walk back three pretty big gaffes pretty big screw-ups. These are not minor oopsies. These are not, uh, it was uh, December 6th that we'll live in infamy. No, it was December 7th. You know, that's that's embarrassing, but it's not important in the grand scheme of things. If you call somebody John and their name is Bob, probably not good form, but it happens to everybody. These are expressly, these are things that are expressly not official government policy. These are things that are embarrassing. These are things that are just flat wrong. These are things that are confusing to people. These are things that would cause people to go, what in the hell is wrong with this guy? Is he not all there? Joe can't imagine why. What is it, a couple of weeks ago? I don't know why anybody questions my mental capacity. Well, it's because when you're reading a teleprompter, you squint at it like your life depends on it. After you screw up when you're trying to clarify, you study that teleprompter. Man, you're just, you love that. You need that teleprompter. You also kind of slur your words sometimes. You also seem to not be there sometimes when you shuffle out of the room without taking any questions. It's unclear that you are aware of where you are. So yesterday, Peter Ducey got a chance to ask Joe Biden a question about these three major gaffes, sending troops to Ukraine, will respond in kind to a chemical weapons attack, and for God's sakes, Putin can't remain in power. Joe Biden acts as though it's the first he's ever heard of it. And that's a weird response, considering he's holding in his hand the cheat sheet I told you about. He clearly heard something about it. Staff had not only had to go out and correct him in his public pronouncements, rather embarrassingly, staff had to type up a cheat sheet for him so he could handle the questions because they didn't have any faith in his ability to do so. But again, Joe Biden denies everything. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. Mr. President? You, you, You interpret the language that way. None of the three occurred. You interpret the language. None of the three occurred. Never. No, no. None of the three occurred. That's different from his talking points. His talking points were not deny everything. Deny that anything had ever happened. Pretend you weren't even in town that month. Deny it. No. Even his talking points. No, no, no. He acknowledged it that he was saying these things, or he said the, the thing about Putin regime change, but it was just his personal belief. It was just his personal belief. Was, he was not articulating a change in policy, you see. No, you misinterpreted. Now, I'm sitting here and I go, do I play the individual clips that refute that, or do I play the rest of that clip and then play the individual clips? Because, you know, you'd have to go back and forth. It, it, it's so easy to prove that Joe Biden is full of it here. 
that you, you're tough where to begin. It's a it's a, an embarrassment of riches in pointing out that this guy is a buffoon, dangerous buffoon. But we'll we'll go with continuation of what he's saying before we go through the individual points. As you remember here, none of those things are true. None of them. Not a one of them. Never. No, 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 no. So he goes on from there. I was talking to the troops. We were talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending to I was see referring to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops that were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. Right, no, no, no. The response, in kind, is a very specific word. And a very specific term. Means you punch me in the nose, I'm going to punch you in the nose. You, uh, you steal money from me, I'm going to steal money from you. Whatever it is, I'm going to respond in kind. You throw a rock at me, I'm going to throw a rock at you. Not you throw a rock at me, I am going to convene a committee to find out which is the best kind of rock to return fire against somebody with, or how shall I go about blocking future rocks or anything like that. No. But the the idea that he was telling, first of all, we're not training troops in Pol- we're not training you tra- Ukrainian troops in Poland. Um, that would be pretty provocative, too. We're we're taking you troops from Ukraine. First of all, the troops are needed in Ukraine. I don't know if Joe knows that or not. Uh, but the troops are needed in Ukraine right now. But if we're taking troops out of Ukraine into Poland, training them, us, the United States, and then sending them back to Ukraine in mass, that'd be pretty provocative. It'd be hard-pressed to deny that NATO, with two NATO countries involved, um, was somehow not involved in this. That'd be a tough sell. That'd be a pretty tough sell if you're Joe Biden. That'd be an impossible sell if you're Joe Biden. So let's listen to what, let's start with that one. Let's listen to what Joe Biden actually said to the troops in Ukraine. Now listen to this, because he's just denying, no, 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 he's talking about them, uh, you're going to see it in the troops you're training. He's not talking about troops he's training. He's talking about some woman, I don't know if she exists or not, who is standing in front of tanks, like it's Tiananmen Square or something. This has... This is, you'll, everything in this clip is not about, you'll see when you're there on the base training Ukrainians. This is, you will see when you are in Ukraine, the resolve of the Ukrainian people. And you're going to see when you're there, and some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. They're incredible. You're going to see when you're there. Provided Joe Biden is telling the truth, which he's not. But if he's telling the truth in his explanation to Peter Ducey, the United States military is training random Ukrainian civilians at some facility where part of that training involves standing in front of a tank. That, that's the only, ex- if Joe Biden is telling the truth, which he's not, but if Joe Biden is telling the truth, that's the only explanation for it. Joe Biden is describing some really bizarre training where, you know, you're going, hey, man, go stand in front of that tank. Don't worry, it'll work. Trust me. It won't. But that's the only explanation. It's like if you ever saw Smokey and the Bandit Part 2, when they go to the, what was it, the Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. And they're talking to Terry Bradshaw, and in comes Smokey. For some reason, they're at some random high school, wherever the hell they were, doing their training camp. And uh, Terry Bradshaw says, hey, Joe, to mean Joe Green, go tackle that car. Maybe that's the training video that they're using for these. Hey, uh, Svetlana, go tackle that tank. That's the only thing close to an explanation you can come to if you're taking Joe Biden at his word, which he's not telling you the truth. 
So we got Joe being senile about sending troops to Ukraine and going, oh, when you're there. No, 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 it meant training. It's a really just a weird, it's like outward bound, but for, you know, guerrilla warfare. That's what it is. It's like paintball, only you stand in front of the paint guns. And that's how you train people. Now we'll go to, uh, let's, uh, let's do the chemical warfare. Just to remind because Joe's out there saying, no, no. I didn't. I, what are you talking about? Anybody got to walk back? The, all of his staff this week, while he's been in Europe, or last week while he was in Europe, had to run to the people. Go, no, no, no. We're not going to respond in kind. We're not going to respond. Well, that's what Joe says. Joe said just to remind you that any chemical attack by Vladimir Putin, any war crime by Vladimir Putin, will be met with a war crime of our own. We'll war crime you right back, which is. Uh, Against international law, against, it just would not be. I mean, if you want to get Joe Biden impeached, have him launch some mustard gas against Moscow, I guess. I mean, I'd prefer not to have to go that route because it would then lead to a nuclear war and uh, the political victories in the wake of a nuclear war sort of lose all meaning. Just me. But listen to Joe as he says, no, 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 I never, never said that. Listen to what he actually said. And to clarify on chemical weapons, could, if chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would, re- it would trigger a response in kind, whether or not you're asking whether NATO would cross, we'd make that decision at the time. A response in kind. In kind. We, you do something to us, we're going to do it right back to you. You do something to Ukraine, we're going to do it right back to you. Realistically, if look, if they used chemical weapons against the United States, I suppose it's 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 game on. But I, I, we could easily obliterate them with uh, conventional weapons if we just really unleashed the military before before they end up, you know, all pregnant or in the midst of transition. People now joining the military to get their transition surgeries paid for. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to work out long term for the strategic defense of this country. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a guy who has some common sense. Yet, to sit there and go, we'd respond in kind means we would use chemical weapons against you. Yet the President of the United States, you heard him. Uh, That's not what I said. Nobody had to walk anything back. His staff had to walk that back. There's no other way. You can't misinterpret in kind. If you'd have said we would respond severely, okay, no problem. Understood. That means severely. I mean, it could mean anything. It doesn't mean we're going to bomb you with chemical weapons. It doesn't mean we're going to violate international law, uh, violate, commit war crimes against you because you committed war crimes against somebody who's not us. That's That would be stupid, but that's Joe Biden. It's really bizarre that he can sit there. And genuinely, I believe, genuinely believe he didn't say these things we have him on tape saying. I think he genuinely believes it. Then we get to the regime change in Russia. Just so at the end of his big speech that they call it a fiery speech, it was a a fine speech, I said. But at the end, he couldn't control himself and he had to say Putin can't remain in power. He's saying now that was not regime change. It was not regime change. Decide for yourself. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase the people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down the world to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. For free people refuse to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. For God's sake, well, that could mean any number of things. He could be talking about Zelensky. He could be talking about the entire power structure of Ukraine, which is not exactly the uh, bastion of no corruption in the world that so many people on the left would like you to believe, actually require you to say out loud. I can still say that I believe that Ukraine should be free, and if they want to have a corrupt government or an evil, so what? Self-determination, so be it. But 
it was not this uh, island of democracy over there, a shining city on the hill for the rest of the world. Ukraine is a pretty bad place you definitely wouldn't want to live. You might want to visit, but you wouldn't want to live. Probably be better for everybody involved if all the people would just stop lying about everything, just for once. But Joe was not only um, lying to Peter Ducey and lying to the country through Peter Ducey's questions. Kelly O'Donnell. Kelly O'Donnell did her best of NBC News. She did her best to aid Joe in this, but she asked the same sort of question. It's weird how the reactions are different. And why would you have to ask yourself, why would Kelly O'Donnell bother to ask a similar question to Peter Ducey? And you have to you see that all the time. Any president, you get these clowns up there. They're giving a press conference. Like, ABC, what do you got? Well, what about X, Y and Z? All right. Uh, NBC, what do you got? Uh, what about X, Y, and Z? And you go, that was, we just talked about, we just finished. Did you not have that? Because so many times these people nowadays, they used to ask different, they also kind of, you know, once something was covered, they'd move on. They'd recognize that we're going to get maybe 10, 12 questions in. So you don't want to harp on the same thing over and over and over again. You want to get as much information on as many topics as possible. Um, now it's narcissism in the among the reporters where they go, I want to have my question. I on NBC can't use a question from Peter Ducey at Fox because, A, I'd be fired. It's NBC. You're not allowed to pretend that Fox is a news organization. You're not allowed to acknowledge that Fox is a news organization. And, B, I have to work with all of these people. So, you know, what are the people at MSNBC, the people at CNN, the people, at, they're all going to give me grief if in my package I use Peter Ducey's question. Plus, Peter Ducey's question was a little, little, not much, but a little more direct and a little more on the nose and a little more accurate to reality than what Kelly O'Donnell from NBC News asked. So she has to have her own so she can use it. And that you end up with this. Uh, where Joe Biden denies that he's walking anything back in a question to Kelly. You just heard him walk it back. But uh, I'm not calling for regime change after calling for regime change. We're not going to Ukraine after I said you guys are going to have a wonderful time in Ukraine. Let me give you some restaurants to look at. And I'm not going, I didn't say we'd respond with chemical weapons attacks while saying exactly that. Joe Biden denying reality, this time to NBC News. Down, NBC. Thank you, Mr. President. Do you believe what you said? Thank you, sir. Do you believe what you said, that Putin can't remain in power? Or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters? Well, yes, three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the more outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing and the actions of this man just just brutality of half the children in Ukraine. I just come from being with those families. And uh, and so, uh, but I want to make it clear, I wasn't then, nor am I now, articulating a policy change. I was expressing the moral outrage that I feel, and I make no apologies for it. Personal feelings, sir. Your personal feelings? My, my personal feelings. She buries, or she bails him out there at the end. Personal feelings, sir? Pers- your personal, yes, personal feelings, sir. Personal feelings. I was expressing the outrage, the moral outrage, and blah, blah. That's exactly from his little note card. Remember, they call it tough Putin Q&A talking points. Tough. Now, coming from Kelly O'Donnell, not tough. But especially when she bails him out. You know, you, well, you, it's personal, right? It's personal. Yes, yes, yes. Personal, personal. And his answer on the card was, I was expressing the moral outrage I felt towards the actions of this man. Is that not what you just heard? If you need that written out for you by your staff, are you sincere? The second point on the card, I was not articulating a change in policy. Well, if you're president of the United States and you say, I believe there is no greater threat to the world and to the freedom of the United States of America than Justin Trudeau and the government up there in Canada. What, what do you think, how do you think Canada would react? They'd probably be like, what the hell? What, eh? What did he just say? That can't be right. 
But then if later on you come back and say, well, I was expressing my personal. It's not our government's belief. The government, the United States government, will not take any different posture towards Canada than we've always had. I just personally believe, I just come from meeting with Canadian refugees or whatever, some former Canadians, some NHL players and what have you, and I just, and Pamela Anderson was there, and I just think that Canadians and Canada, they're just a horrible place, horrible country, biggest threat to freedom and democracy in the world. But it's not the official policy of my government. The official policy of my government is that we can all get along and we should absolutely continue to have them in our major sports leagues. Do you think Canada would believe, would anybody believe you? That'd be a little bit weird, wouldn't it? Wait a second. Horrible, awful. You're not going to do anything about it. And uh, you want to still be their friend? Now, he doesn't want to be Putin's friend, although if Putin were to help and climb... See, if Putin really wants to play Biden, really wants to play Democrats, Putin would start talking about climate change. Putin would start demanding and announcing that Russia's going green with a whole bunch of various things. In 10 years, we're going to mandate that all uh, cars are are electronic electric car then what would happen they'd go uh, well, he's doing great things on the environment then they would go well do you be bombing civilians great things on the environment it would confuse the hell out of democrats it'd be hilarious putin comes out in favor of like in uh, whatever i assume they have socialized medicine over there whatever the medicine we now cover transition surgeries we're going to help our trans community the left would, again, be confused. Like, what the hell? I don't know what's going on here, but I kind of love Vladimir Putin now. It'd be kind of funny to watch, to be perfectly honest with you. But uh, he won't. He should. He should. That'd be funny to watch these clowns try to figure it out. Is he evil or is he on your team? Because you already have John Kerry a couple of weeks ago saying, well, I hope that this war doesn't stop him from being a partner on climate change like to see somebody write up that cheat sheet for Joe. <laughs> write up write up that cheat sheet for Joe. How do you how do you phrase that one? Anyway, Kelly O'Donnell wasn't done with Joe and Joe wasn't done with Kelly O'Donnell. She just bailed him out. You know, it was your personal view. You don't get personal views. You know, I personally hate Canada. But I look forward to uh working with our biggest trading partner with whom we share the largest peaceful border on earth. You know, from a, my official policy as president is they couldn't be nicer. They couldn't be better partners. Personally, I believe we should, uh, you know, imprison all of them in the Northwest Territories. They're evil, evil people. But I'm willing to look the other way because of trade. Well, I'd be roundly ridiculed. Nobody would believe that. That's what Joe's trying to sell on Vladimir Putin. And Kelly O'Donnell helps him out. It's just your person. You don't get personal things. You don't get personal things. When you're president of the United States, you don't get to have a, a dear diary mode. Dear diary. My God, I hate Vladimir Putin. And I would like nothing more than to have him out of power. But I'm not willing as an official president. It's not going to be the official policy of anything or any. And we would oppose any talk of such. Well, that's a little weird. Biden continues with Kelly O'Donnell. Secondly, you asked me about, uh, well, what was the second does part? Does it complicate the diplomacy of this moment? No, I don't think it does. You know, uh, the, uh, uh, the fact is that we're in a situation where uh, um, what complicates the situation at the moment is the, uh, the escalatory efforts of Putin to uh, continue to engage in carnage, the kind of behavior that... Uh, that makes the whole world say, my God, what is this man doing? That's what complicates things a great deal. And, uh, um, but I, I don't think it complicates it at all. Yeah, no, my saying that doesn't complicate anything. His actions do. I'm rubber, he's glue. Whatever he says bounces off of me and sticks to him. There's your president of the United States. No, 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 it doesn't complicate. How could it not complicate things? Go back to my hypothetical. I hate Canada. Justin Trudeau is the new Hitler. 
But I don't think that, that being my personal belief, I don't think that'll, you know, spoil any of the relationships that we have. And I think that we'll continue to be able to see eye to eye. I'm looking forward to going up to Ottawa to have a conversation with uh, the Prime Minister up there about how we can strengthen the ties that bind us with those Nazi pieces of garbage. But don't worry, I will leave my personal beliefs at the door. How is that summit going to go? Not very well. Now, in a time of war, and you want one party to stop being the aggressor, and that party is led by somebody who said, that guy's got to go, got to go, what incentive does that person have to go, all right, well, let's sit down and talk. Let's see about that. Let's have some sort of negotiation. They don't. What incentive do they have to cease their aggression? So I tell you, if this thing plays out in the best case scenario, the best case scenario, Putin withdraws, right? There's allegedly talks now where he's thinking about meeting with Zelensky in person and Maybe he just wants, he's kind of looking for a way out because it's not going very well for him economically, militarily, nothing is really working out. And you kind of want that. You don't want it to go too far because the alternative is he goes, well, then to hell with it, launch everything we got. You kind of want to give him a way out. You can't give him a way out while calling him a sucker and a loser and everything, not in those terms, but you have to let somebody who is in his position looking for a way out. If you don't want to escalate it, you got to give him that way out. You got to help him find that way out. You can't do that if you're sitting there going, my God, this guy's evil. He's got to go. He can't. If he thinks that the United States and NATO are going to, he thought they were a threat before. Now that the leader of that has articulated this guy can't stay in power, that guy now has less of an incentive to sit down. That guy now has less of an incentive. Like, if I stop this thing, I'm going to be charged as a war criminal. I'm going to be brought up on charges in The Hague. If I go anywhere, there's a possibility I could be arrested or these countries could have me killed or what have you. I don't want to. Then I might as well go full bore on this. That's why Biden's words matter. That's why what he said was so stupid. You've got a guy looking for a way out. And you're cutting off ways out. Either you want this to end or you want it to end a specific way. You don't get to say a specific way. You don't get to dictate it. But the way you're arguing and articulating what you're doing is probably prolonging it. Yes, Putin is a war criminal. Putin is a monster. He's never going to be brought up to the Hague. He's never going to do any jail time unless the people of Russia and the people who put him in power and hold him in power, unless they do it, not you, Not the NATO powers, nothing. You want to make Russia really united, make them think that NATO's coming for their leader, no matter how evil their leader is. But Joe Biden should know that. He doesn't because he's dumb. Again, you always have to ask yourself, is it because he's dumb or because he's senile? In this case, I'd say it's because he's dumb. Senile doesn't help, but this is definitely a case for dumb. We've got one more bit of audio we'll get to in a second that uh, your your tax dollars at work. PBS's Lisa Desjardins. It is the most sucky up question you'll ever hear asked a president of the United States. It's it's one of those, what a difference a day makes. What a difference a president makes. Donald Trump never got anything close to this, ever. Nothing close. As much as all Fox, they'd say Fox is sucking up to him and Newsmax is sucking up to him and John Gizzy, wherever he was working, second up to nothing like this. The taxpayer-funded Lisa Desjardins buys a two-bedroom condo firmly implanted where Joe's dinner from last night is. So we'll get to that, but I'm just telling you, if you hear me chewing, I'm, I'm in love with these sun-made fruity raisin snacks, the sour mixed berry. I highly recommend you little packets of them. They're like made for kids' lunches, except I'm not a kid. I can't stop devouring them. Heroin's like so damn delicious. Anyway, I don't, if, you, if you heard me crinkling these things as ripping them open and I'm sitting there feeding myself one or the other just for that. So damn good. So damn good. Now, what I'm about to play you is embarrassing. It's wild. If for an adult, <laughs> no adult should ever talk to another. This is how I imagine a personal assistant talks to. Well, Will Smith today, now that he's an Oscar winner. Or whoever it is that they work for, some big wig, 
producer, director, Hollywood star, whatever it is. Not a reporter talking to, to any, no, they can't say that even the president. The president, you talk to the president, you should talk to the president with respect. That sort of went away for four years and they are overcompensating for it, to say the least. But <clears throat> this is embarrassing. Just uh, keep in mind that former Defense Secretary Robert Gates famously wrote in his book, and he was Defense Secretary under Barack Obama and Joe Biden, famously wrote that Joe Biden was wrong on every single foreign policy decision throughout his career for like 40 years. He's just been wrong on everything. Joe Biden advised against the raid that killed Osama bin Laden, for example. Oh, you shouldn't do that. It's too risky. Can't do that. No, 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 no. What if we offend Pakistan? Yeah, Pakistan harboring Osama bin Laden. What if, how much thought do you think Pakistan gave to what if we offend the United States? Probably not a lot. So uh, Lisa Desjardins sucks up. Joe still can't handle the question, but she sucks up to Joe Biden like her last name is Dyson. Listen to it for yourself. I still want to get back to your original words that he cannot remain in power. Can you help us understand you have more foreign policy experience than any president who has ever held this office? Whether those are your personal feelings or your feelings as president, do you understand why people would believe you as someone commanding one of the largest nuclear arsenals in the world, saying someone cannot remain in power is a statement of U.S. policy? And also, are you concerned about propaganda use of those remarks by the Russians? No and no. Tell me me why. You have so much experience. You are the leader of this country. Because it's ridiculous. Nobody believes we're going to take down. I I was talking about taking down Putin. Nobody believes that, number one. Number two, what have I been talking about all since this all began? The only war that's worse than one intended is one that's unintended. The last thing I want to do is engage in a land war or a nuclear war with Russia. That's not part of it. I was expressing my outrage at the behavior of this man. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. And it's more an aspiration than anything. He shouldn't be in power. There's no, I mean, people like this shouldn't be ruling countries, but they do. The fact they do, but doesn't mean I can't express my outrage about it. (sighs) She gives him a tap and putt, and he calls for the pitching wedge. Like, what in the hell are you doing, man? It's it's my outrage. And he goes right back to his talking points. I was just expressing my outrage. You're president of the United States. You don't get to have personal outrage about matters of state you get to have you speak this is why you have to be careful when you speak in public this was one of the criticisms of donald trump he speaks off the cuff he's saying too much he blah 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 well when joe biden does it why is it any different actually when donald trump did it what did he do he offended angela merkel and he got germany to pay more towards their nato dues the horror the horror joe biden does it and he could be leading us down the path to World War III. And there he is, the reporter, Lisa Desjardins. You're one of the smartest, most brilliant, best-looking, loveliest singing voice uh, people out there in foreign policy. You know more about foreign policy than any president ever. What planet do you live on, woman? What planet do you live on? Um. Yeah, Donald Trump didn't have a lot of foreign policy experience. Barack Obama had no foreign policy experience. George W. Bush had dealt with Mexico as governor of Texas, so that was something. Bill Clinton, zero. But then there was a guy called George H.W. Bush. George Herbert Walker Bush was director of the Central Intelligence Agency, kind of deals with exclusively overseas things. He was also ambassador to China for the United States of America. He might have had a little bit more foreign policy experience than a guy whose entirety of his foreign policy experience before he was a failed vice president was sitting on the Foreign Relations Committee in the United States Senate, was theorizing in committee hearings. I would think that hands-on with the CIA and ambassador to China would know a little bit more than a guy who held or attended hearings on foreign policy issues. Call me crazy. I also believe that Dwight Eisenhower, 
supreme commander of the Allied forces in Europe during and after World War II might have just a skosh more foreign policy experience than the guy from Delaware who attended some hearings, than the guy from Delaware who had advised against the bin Laden raid, than the guy from Delaware who advised in favor of and spoke favorably of and worked and served in the administration that created Libya as a failed state. You see those things? You see how those are a little bit different? They might be something worth looking into? Maybe a little bit more experience? It also does kind of matter what experience you have. Having more is fine, I suppose, but having learned anything from it is what really matters. All the experience in the world that Joe Biden has, do you really look at what he's doing and what he's done and think, why he's definitely learned from that experience? He is wiser for having gone through that. I don't think he is wiser for having gone through anything. He is not a wise man. He has learned nothing. So for him to sit there and and fail at this question, and have to revert back to his talking points when the reporter is begging him. She's basically, this is like, this is an audition. Harvey Weinstein wasn't sucked up to this hard by any of the actresses who were game for his advances. The way that this NPR reporter is going at Joe Biden, you're just the smartest, best looking, have the best hair of any president we've ever had. I mean, You can go through so many presidents with foreign policy experience and find out how laughable it is because Joe Biden, this this is actually the myth of Joe Biden that Joe Biden has created with all those lies I talked about that he tells. It is this, that he has foreign policy experience, that he is knowledgeable on foreign policy, that he campaigned on. Oh, he was brilliant. He's the one guy that uh, Vladimir Putin doesn't want to see as uh, president because why? Because he's gone toe to toe with Vladimir Putin. That's what he said. He, he literally tweeted that he, Putin was afraid of him because he'd gone toe to toe with Vladimir Putin. He doesn't say whether he won or lost when he went toe to toe with Vladimir Putin because he lost. He lost a little thing called Crimea, <laughs> part of Ukraine, back in 2014. Yes, Joe Biden oversaw the loss of Ukraine, uh, uh, the loss of Crimea by Ukraine. That was his standing up and going toe-to-toe with Vladimir Putin. So you can have all the experience in the world. You can know everything about various ingredients of all sorts of things, spices and meats and all. doesn't mean you can cook. It doesn't mean you can cook. Joe Biden definitely cannot cook. Now, on this trans issue, as it... uh, it can t- it's going to blow up. It's not just here in the United States. It's just it's not just here in the United States. I want to play you a clip from because, you know, Leah Thomas is always in the everything's in the news and everybody's outraged and everybody's this, that and the other thing. In the UK, this is where I have more of a problem with the politicians and how they're pandering and pretending they know Joe Biden. No, Kamala Harris knows this isn't reality. But they're insisting because they see a political advantage. I don't know how they see a political advantage in appealing. The the Disney Corporation came out and said, we oppose the don't say gay, so-called don't say gay bill. And we're going to fight endlessly to get it repealed. Uh, Disney is, what, 200,000 worldwide employees? And uh, they are being held hostage by a couple of hundred. A couple of hundred insisting that this law does something it doesn't do that it's somehow transphobic, it's, it's homophobic, when all it says is leave kindergarten through third grade alone. Don't talk about sex at all with them. Just leave them alone. Teach them how to read and write. No, 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 that's too bad. Well, it tells me that these people really want to talk to real young kids about sex and graphic detail. It's really kind of bizarre to me. I'd have some questions. Well, the the uh, statement is Florida's HB 50, uh, 1557, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. It's only known by leftists as the Don't Say Gay Bill. It's gay. The word gay doesn't appear in it. 
should never have passed and should never have been signed into law. Our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts, and we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of LGBTQ plus members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus community in Florida and across the country. Disney. You're probably, if you've got kids, you're shoveling them money. And you're paying for this. Is this what you want? They support, what, grooming children in the kindergarten to learn about various forms of sex and all kinds of genders made up so they can hook your kids while they're young? That sort of insanity? Well, it's not just here in the United States that they're having these issues. The voice you're about to hear is Deputy Labour Party leader Angela Rayner. Over in the UK, they are so far gone and so damn stupid on this issue that if a man goes in for an x-ray and their socialized medicine system, the man is asked if he's pregnant just to be safe because you have to put the lead thing someplace specific if the man is pregnant. Well, never mind that. The birth is going to be hell on that dude. So she was asked about this. She can't say what a woman is, and she doesn't have a. She thinks it's okay to deal with this kind of stupidity. The National Health Service in the UK runs ads reminding men to get their annual pap smears, for example. It's all well and good with the Labour Party. The left is the left is the left, whether they're here, there, or anywhere. Listen to this. I was listening to the boss yesterday on LBC and he seemed to tie himself in knots. I don't know where we stand with this one. He, he was struggling when he was asked a question, can a woman have a penis? I mean, and then today in the Telegraph this morning, the NHS are now asking men if they're pregnant before they have scans. Has the world gone mad? I think, you know what, this really upsets me because I think about a young person who's struggling at the moment, who's struggling with their identity. And when we're having a social media or a debate around whether someone's, what genitalia someone's got, I think it really debases the serious issues that people face in their lives. I think we should be taking it off social media, taking it away from commentators and actually having, you know, there is protections for women and women that are in vulnerable situations. And we should also be looking after our young people People who may be facing identity crises and making sure they get the help and support they need. When we debate it to whether or not what genitalia you've got, I think all that does is damage people and it doesn't help us go forward on some of the real issues no, that I people are that. facing. But if there's a man who's already anxious, goes into hospital to have a scan, he's already anxious about the whole procedure, and then he's asked if he's pregnant, he's, he's going to feel uncomfortable about it, isn't he? Well, it depends on, you know, if, if, a, if, a, man, if a man has tried to... Well. We've, we've seen the, the, there's been reports... Take everybody into account. Sure, Everybody's we have to take everybody into, into account. account, and that's why it shouldn't be debased into a debate that's been had on media by people who are not qualified to discuss some of these issues. They're very sensitive issues. I think we should be protecting women's spaces. Of course we should, and we should be supporting people who are going through transition. We should be supporting people who are going through transitions. We shouldn't be having these conversations with people who aren't qualified to have these conversations well who's who's qualified to have these conversations lady uh well that would only be the trans community right we have to bow down to them they're their own experts and those in the medical profession who wish to continue to practice medicine they also can have a say and by wish to continue to practice medicine i mean they tow the corporate line the left-wing corporate line if you're a doctor over there in the uk and you say uh, men are men and women are women you'll be fired it's happened you might actually even face jail time you will face protests and angry uh, letters and you'll be run out of your profession for stating that simple truth but no no no. we shouldn't be having these conversations with anybody who's... okay who's qualified then well only people who agree with me just like that article from the washington post i read you the other day about how uh What's if, what is a woman? Uh, that's really complicated. And they use the word any competent biologist will tell you. Any competent biologist agrees that gender is so complicated that there's no one way to define what a woman is. Oh, no. Oh, what defines a competent biologist? Well, somebody who agrees with the left wing agenda. 
No competent climate scientist disagrees that climate change is happening and it's all your damn fault, you monster. No competent? Okay, well, uh, but there are plenty of scientists. I know. I know there are plenty of scientists, probably the majority of scientists, who disagree with climate change, man-made climate change being a threat to all humanity and all our fault and everything. But they're not competent. You see how they do that? They're very, very Goebbelsian in their word choice. No, nobody should. We should only be listening to the experts. Well, what if, you know, 20 minutes ago, by the way, the experts in the mental health community said that it was called gender dysphoria and it was something that required therapy, not a nip and a tuck and a whole bunch of hormones. Can we go back to that? No, 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 no. What about the vast majority of the medical profession who still prescribe to that belief? Well, they're being slowly run out of the business or died off. It's it's weird how these leftists always frame a debate in a way that makes it so only they can have that debate. I mean, it's just as we've run out of time here, the... Uh, <laughs> The, the slap continues to reverberate around the world. Uh, there's a survey. I don't know why. God, who has the time to do these surveys? Or the money. These things aren't free. Survey, two and three, you think he should be charged with assault. Okay, he probably should be. Should he spend, you know, a year in jail? Probably not. But he should be charged. He shouldn't just get a wall. I mean, any, it's rich enough that anything will be a slap on the wrist. But sometimes a slap on the wrist is necessary to set the point. But apparently 10 years ago, there's a video of him smacking a reporter. Maybe Will Smith is a smacker. The uh, UK or the US Sun has the story of uh, Smith slapped TV presenter Vitaly Sediuk, S-E-D-I-U-K, 10 years earlier at a premiere in Moscow. So he's over in Moscow. So the incident took place in Moscow, opening the Men in Black 3 in May 2012, while Seduk, now 33, was working for a Ukrainian television station. Now it's a hate crime to do that. Uh, the Ukrainian uh, national spoke out following Smith's shocking attack at Cliff Rock, blah, 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 blah. said, I just immediately recollected the slapping incident in Moscow. I think the joke was inappropriate when it came to that. It doesn't really say the article why he slapped him at the time. Not really sure why he slapped him, but he did. Smith apologized to the Academy. Sadek says that the King Richard star never reached out to him since the incident took place in 2012. The Ukrainian did not publicly apologize at the time, but says he wouldn't, he wouldn't do so now. Smith can be seen in the footage from the red carpet saying, hey, come on, as he pushes Sadek away. What the hell is your problem, buddy, before slapping the then reporter in the face? Sounds like the reporter was a bit of a jerk. Doesn't really matter. Slapped him in the face. Violence is violence, or so we're told, is it not? But can we not just get past this? Chris Rock's tickets are selling. There's a lot of people out there, by the way, who are convinced that this is staged and this is all a marketing ploy. Chris, I, I would have thought that Chris Rock tickets would sold, so it's sold because it's Chris Rock. But maybe not. Maybe it is. Who knows? We'll probably, well, we'll find out one way or another. But who honestly cares? That's the way the world works. Lastly today, if you ever watched all this garbage and said, oh, God, I just want to get away. And it seems like the other side of the planet isn't far enough. Now, soon, you'll be able to go to outer space, apparently. The uh, Daily Star, the UK Daily Star, headline, World's first space hotel to open in 2027 with activities you can't do on Earth. Yeah, I said pretty much anything. The cool news is the world's first space hotel is getting ready to open its doors in 2027. I would think it would have to be under construction by now. Or a lot of serious money to have to be raised? Maybe, maybe not. So while it might seem a long way away, plans for the cruise ship-style hotel kicked off around three years ago. According to the Gateway Foundation, the accommodation would float above the Earth's atmosphere. At uh, the time plans began in 2019, the project was called Von Braun Station. <laughs> it would comprise of 24 modules connected by elevator shafts 
to make a up a rotating wheel simulating gravity towards the edges. Since then, the futuristic hotel has been named Voyager Station and is being built by Orbital Assembly Corporation. No price is attached to it yet. Senior design architects for the Gateway Foundation told CNN, quote, the station rotates, pushing the contents of the station out to the perimeter, much the same way you can spin a bucket of water. Not really sure. No prices are yet, and uh, no reservations are available. But if you want to get away from all of this thing, all this crap we have to deal with on a daily basis, start saving now, because something tells me it's going to be slightly more than a Motel 6. All right? Just saying. And you can't tell me everybody's not going up there just to have sex. Never going to believe they go up there for any other reason. We're out of time for... You know it's true. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.